0: Rosie crazies out there, and welcome back to The Road Knows Nothing, your Game of Thrones recap show for the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. And it's House of the Dragon, episode six, everyone. And we have new actors and new favorite people to hate. I'm Jeremy Kegner, and with me, as always, here on The Road Knows Nothing, Mr. Ryan Lutons. What's up, man?
1: Hello. I feel like we've done this before.
0: Yes, I feel like we're doing these things like consistently, right, one right after another. That's what you got. Nah, that's, right?
1: that's just because the time goes by so fast. It's great talking to you, Jeremy. Yeah,
0: that's true. Let's go with that. Um, so uh, episode six here, man, we've got some stuff going down. We've got new actors playing uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent. And uh, man, oh, man, people are showing some true colors. Uh, Cindy Lauper Cl- yeah. would be very proud, uh, but not quite of some of the actions here. Uh, No, but seriously, a lot of stuff going down here. Um, I feel like we moved the story so forward in this one, and we are really starting to see some true motivations come out.
1: Ten years forward. Yeah,
0: ten years forward to be exact, um, <laughs> and just when we were start getting used to everyone's names, Ryan, they throw like fifteen new kids on us. So what are you gonna do? Um, but I do appreciate the way this uh, opened because, of course, the opening title sequence is new. We've got some new animations to this now with our model of old Valyria. The bloodlines are going all over the place now. We're tunneling through versions of of the of the tunnels of the keeps and everything. Um, very very interesting. Uh, there's people who did a lot of analysis on this. That I didn't quite understand, but
1: um. I mean, I I liked it. And I understood what they were trying to do. I, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's the same thing," but it, come on, it's a Game of Thrones universe. It's and what they're doing is they're showing the line of succession because, and they're using it in blood to show how bloody it can get. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because it is a game of blood as well, everyone. And speaking of blood,
1: <laughs> uh, what a great, what a great segue!
0: Worst non sequitur ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we open the uh, episode here on a long shot of our new Rhaenyra actress, Emma Darcy, um, and she is in the middle of giving birth to baby number three. And uh, look, I look, I've been in the delivery room twice, guys. Um, I don't like the sounds that happen during birth, um, but I gotta give credit to the sound people, because they did it correctly. Um, They do not hold anything back here. But this is a very cool sequence, though, if not for one thing, is that it's actually just a bunch of series of really long one-takes that the director, Miguel Sapochnik, gives us here. Um, And I do love that they bring Sapochnik back in to direct this. It's kind of like a new pilot uh, of the series, in a way. Um, We're kind of repiloting the series itself. Um, But he gives us all a lot of these unbroken shots here, but of course uh, Rhaenyra gives birth to another boy um, we learn later that uh, La- Laner is going to name him Joffrey and the we learn also that kind of like uh, the second that the baby is born all of a sudden this uh, attendant comes in and says that the queen wants to see him now <laughs> it's just like man what a way to establish how much we are not going to like Alicent anymore <laughs> in yep. any way Um, and of course we learn why she wants to do this because of course Rhaenyra and Laner have not exactly been consummating together, (laughs) not exactly his children, um, but we will get to that. But Rhaenyra knows that there's like the fishiness happening here. So aside from giving the baby up to go to Allison, she gets her own ass up, gets dressed and starts walking up all the steps of the Red Keep to get there man oh man oh man uh bamf status applied on the way she uh, she catches laner um and he starts carrying the babies And like what the hell is happening here what is this she's literally trailing blood everywhere she goes just what the hell and of course then allison acts like all surprised when she gets there. you should <laughs> be sitting down yeah oh i can't imagine why i'm not god Allison in this episode, Ryan. <laughs> I'm just sitting here the whole time, being like, "I am going to commit violence right now on this girl." Uh, she nailed it. Yeah, she's she's doing very good there, Olivia Cook, the new uh, Allison actress. Okay, but I just went through a lot there. What do you think of the way that it opened and this whole drama with Allison and uh, checking the baby's hair and all of that?
1: Um, <laughs> she is their their friendship is completely over. Yeah, but. Yeah. Alicent doesn't care because she knows that Rhaenyra is up to no good. Mm. So she is showing her her power by saying that she can ask for her when she wants, when she wants, and you will do, you'll have to do what you say. And she's showing that she's not, she's still onto her. And she's not being, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's not being facetious about it. She is showing her, yeah, I want to check the kid out. Like there's that scene where, uh, Viserys comes in to hold the baby, and she goes to look at the baby. But it's and she moves the blanket. She moves the blanket not to look at the baby, but to look at the top of the baby's head. Yeah. So she is doing things very cons- uh, uh, conscientiously and uh, precisely behind motive. And Rhaenyra is just watching her do this. But the best part about this is Rhaenyra doesn't care. No,
0: no, no, so. no. Well, and I mean, I think there is a kind of a sense of like. I don't know, They like, her and Kristen talk about Rhaenyra being spoiled and bratty and stuff like that, and of course we'll get to the incredible irony of those statements from those two in a second, but, you know, like... I'm, maybe there is this sense of just like Renira's like, it doesn't matter if Harwin is their father. It doesn't matter if they have the don't have the blonde hair and everything. Like, I am the heir and like, you know, what we say is beyond contestation and stuff like that. So what does it matter? I don't know, though. I'm always getting the sense from Emma Darcy in this episode that there is a calculation here. That she is like kind of like she knows that she's in a precarious situation, but she's still just playing a playing a sort of game with it. Am I, am I on the right track? Do you think
1: I was going to like, she doesn't care because her moves are more calculated Mm. because in the back of her mind, she is the heir to the throne. Yeah. So she does not, she, you know, she's grown up to not care what people think because she has to live like that because she is a woman And she keeps hearing how, you know, no one is going to follow a woman. Well, she's showing she's trying to show how strong she is, not in the sense of her children, but in like the small council and things like that. So something as small and trivial as who her children's father are, she's not going to try to let that affect her because she needs to be strong.
0: Yeah. And of course, it also shows you how much she doesn't really care about it as well in the terms of when she's talking to her son at the end when he asks, you know, is Harwin strong my father? And she says, yeah. You know, there's a bit of panic in her eyes, but she also says, just like, you're a Targaryen, that's all that matters. Um, and yep. he is. I mean, you know, she is his mother. He is uh, Blood of the Dragon here. We also learn in this whole situation that Alicent has taken to Regina george uh, telling Lainer, you know, keep trying, maybe one will look like you. Hey, um, yep. F you to, to hell and back, Alicent. Um, <laughs> of course. Yep. We also learn here that Sir Kristen is now Alicent's protector, not Rhaenyra's anymore. How the hell, Ryan, did he keep his job after cold blood? murdering a knight of the realm Um,
1: the queen said he's mine because she real because she realizes that there's someone that if i show loyalty to he is going to be loyal tenfold and that's what you get
0: I just can't even imagine like what that conversation looks like, especially because she like Kristen does this at Rhaenyra's wedding. What on earth did she say to Viserys to like make him like keep this guy around? Um, but anyway, crazy, crazy crap there. And of course, we learn now that Viserys is decaying quickly because he doesn't seem to have an arm um, anymore so i'm guessing the leechings didn't work now dead maester dude um, <laughs> unceremonious death like out there for him um we go back to the chamber zone and we see harwin strong there with the boys and everything kind of a sweet thing dad and the boys um, wants to be um in there i think i saw it me there's just like co-parenting life goals with the three of yeah. these guys um harwin does seem to be a genuinely uh, good person and all but it's just all for not and everything like that um you know he does his best but uh ultimately can never say what he is so uh laner takes the boys uh and correct me if I'm wrong so uh, luke um is the shorthand for one of them um yeah I can't remember the exact name jace just serious and uh yeah and I think luke is the other one right but I can't yeah luke is the
1: other one I forget what it's yeah, I, I don't know what his long form or yeah, the long form, but it's Jason Luke.
0: Yeah, those That's... are the shorthands for him. So they take him to the dragon pit where um, uh, Allison's two boys are as well. Of course, Aegon, who has now grown into a full on Finn Wolfhard looking goofy dude. Yeah. <laughs> and um, of course, his uh, younger brother, uh, Amond. Um, And they are all learning to uh, do the dragon stuff here with the dragon keepers. Um, we learned that uh, Jace already has a dragon. I can't remember the names again. Ryan, shout them out if you. If you remember them, Um, Uh, there's
1: Meraxes. Yes. Is, is the one that's, that's crawling. And that, that would have been Luke's.
0: That would have been Luke's. Yes. And then Aegon has his own as well. um, That he's already bonded with.
1: Sunfire or Dreamfire, one of the two. Yeah. I have to look and see.
0: I think it's Sunfire because I think uh Eamon yeah. sees Dreamfire when he goes down yeah. into the into the depths there. And of course, Dreamfire, as you told me, will be the mother of uh, the three dragons Daenerys has. Um yep. so um and so this is interesting too, though, because um, you know, that we learn that there is a weird like there seems to be not a lot of animosity between these kids even though they're dressed in blue and green you know like they're they're dressed in the Valerian and the Hightower uh, like um, uh, colors here but like you know you see like this little like kind of camaraderie with um, with the young one Luke and uh, and uh, uh, Aegon you know they seeing like he's just kind of shoving him away and everything like an annoying older brother would but we also learn here that Aemon does not have a dragon yet and they make fun of this by getting him a gigantic pig um, and putting Putting some wings on it of course this upsets him enough where he's going to go and venture down into the depths of the dragon pit meet a dragon way too close than he wanted to which of course again was Dreamfire, and uh this is not going to bode well with anyone but again like there seems to be this you know they're just brothers you know like type thing like they don't seem to like yeah you the cousins it, yeah. and brothers like they don't really seem to like dislike each other you know like they're teasing Amon because like oh you're the only one without a dragon so of course you know kids being dicks and all but you know it doesn't seem to be that much animosity until again the adults get into it
1: yeah and I shouldn't say cousins they're like there's uncle and nephew relations <laughs> right. there so way off but I mean they're they're having fun with each other and the fact that None of them, you know, they pride themselves on being able to ride the dragon. And Amon, Amon not being able to have a dragon yet is going to play dividends because he does become a fierce dragon rider. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so our next scene we get uh, is with uh, Alicent and the daughter. Is it uh, Helene? Uh, Helene? Helene.
1: Helene. Yep. Yeah.
0: Helene. Um and. I don't want to say weird, but she's definitely very analytical um, and seems like she's got some foresight. Am I reading some like kind of brand like powers that we're getting here from Helene?
1: Uh, Yeah. She's, she's an interesting character. Um, Let's see. How can I say this without, she is going to be someone to watch in the sense that she's very pro pro Prophetic 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 yeah um but things are going to happen which will turn on her yeah i'm gonna say that
0: absolutely well I, I agree with you that like I think that there are things that are going to have to uh, come from her I've read some things about her um, if for the future and everything like that but um, very interesting but of course she's going to come up later in this episode because of a marriage proposal from Renira here um, so you know Aemon comes in they're very, very much not happy with him and what he did um, and she gives some weird prophetic uh, language uh, to him which I do know that part about it um, that's going to be coming up, um, but of course, this leads uh, Allison to Viserys' chambers where he correctly says like, are you sure it wasn't our Aegon that put them up to this? Because Viserys knows what's up. He he knows what Aegon is and everything like that. He might have a view of his window every morning, for all we know. Um, so, that
1: window seemed a lot of shit. That window's been through <laughs> enough, man. <laughs>
0: but of course, uh, you know, this is also where Allison tries to get Viserys to admit that he knows that Rhaenyra's kids are not lame and that they are in fact Harwin Strong's. I don't know if Viserys has an idea if it's if they're Harwin Strong's. He seems oblivious enough to not think that, but I think he, you know, has to understand that like blonde hair, blonde hair, or maybe he really is just like, you know, with the story he tells her about, you know, the horse he had that mated with the other horse and it's just a completely different color afterward. Um, you know, like I do find it funny that she's trying to do like this big, like, scandalous thing, and he's just
1: like, Have I ever told you about this horse I had once? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> He has blinders on. Yeah. He okay, so,
0: so you think there isn't like is this He's a, trying to keep the peace. Is he's this trying, like a willful well, ignorance of like he knows he knows the truth, but he's never going to admit it to anyone because he knows what it'll cause, or is he yes. literally making himself believe the other?
1: I think I I think it, I don't think he's making himself believe, like believe the lie. I think he knows what is happening and he knows that if he acknowledges it, bad things gonna happen. And I think that because he is holding some of that truth in, it is deteriorating his health. They like, you know, he's doing all these things and his health is just going and going and going. If he was open and honest, who knows what he would look like? I don't know. <laughs> or if he actually addressed his, his situations, who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this
0: is this is very interesting, too, because we cut immediately to Egan's room. Um, and, of course, yeah, guys, he's beating his meat in the window. Why not? Um, God, these kids are weird. Um, yeah. Just like, I'm sorry, guys, but you're going to do that. Just do it in private. Um, so you don't need to show the whole freaking kingdom. Uh, but Allison bursts in on him while doing this and does not seem to be phased by this at all. Like... How often does this kid do this? Has she, like, walked in on him on the floor and everything like hey, that? Hey, Mom,
1: look what I can do. Yeah, exactly.
0: But she's pissed because of the, you know, not only the stump pulled with Aemond, but she's imparting that auto-wisdom, isn't she, onto onto Aegon. And I do love this because there's such a contrast here with Aegon in this episode. He And he has my favorite line of the episode, which was basically where, like, you know, if she ascends the Iron Throne, and he looks at her and he goes so (laughs) and he's just like he
1: doesn't care like what does he care yeah because he he's still in the line of succession It, it again and i go back to this it is the auto putting forth that your family is what matters so it it her son is what is important and and if her son is in power she's in power
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like when he when she talks about like, you know, like, you know, your life could be forfeit. Eamon's life could be forfeit. If you challenge Vanyra, he literally says back to her, "Okay, then I won't challenge. And she grabs his face very forcefully and screams at him. You are the challenge. Yep, And like and again, like there's just this craziness in her eyes of just like trying to get like, you know, she's gonna kill you, she's gonna kill you. And for the rest of the episode, Aegon's demeanor is totally different. He's very cold towards uh towards Rhaenyra's boys. He's very animositous when it comes to the fighting. Um, you know, he's much more aggressive. Um and you know, even though he still does there is a moment in that fighting pit where he um uh, again, what's the younger one? Is that Luke or is that uh, Jace? I, th- I can't remember. Luke,
1: Jace is the oldest. Yeah. So Jace. Luke.
0: So Luke is walking back after he's kind of failed at his swordplay, and you look, and Aegon literally gives him a little tap on his shoulder, uh, saying like, "Okay, that's all right." Again, it's just so interesting, like how this is. But the second the two of them are pitted against each other in like a very clear competition of what's happening there, the f- the switch is flipped, and again, it's these parents imparting this stuff onto these kids. I often wonder, like now. now. Now if Allison is just chill um, and my favorite meme from the whole weekend was like a picture of Allison and it said like, this is what happens when a girl doesn't get a hoe phase. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that guys, but I think it's pretty, it's pretty true. She's just really it tight. It makes sense. Um, she need she needed a whole phase where she just got to cut loose. She needed a rum springer like, uh, like Rhaenyra got. Um, but like, you know, th- this is just kind of a sad commentary on like what children and, uh, you know, children are imparted with um, in all of this. Um, so I don't know just very, very sad situation there. But of course we are not staying in King's landing because we also move all the way over to, I think it's a Essos. Is this where we are with Damon? Um, Damon and, uh, Raina or Lena here. Um, I can't remember they are in one of the free cities, I think. Um, I think they're in Pentos. Yeah. Pentos. I think you're right. Um, but we learned that the triarchy is reemerging and that they have now made an alliance with Dorne. Um, and Damon has literally just kind of said like, you know what? i'm done with it guys i'm out <laughs> you know i just want to i just want to come on over here to the free cities i want to live like a freaking king yeah i'll keep my dragons here so the triarchy doesn't mess with you and uh, read my books and everything and it is an interesting look on damon isn't it because he's always looking for conflict so far but he just like really just seems to be like guys i just don't want to do it anymore like i'm just i'm just tapped out here we learned that they have two twin girls um and of course uh lana now dry- rides vegar the vaunted vegar uh, the biggest dragon in the the world here what did you think of this whole sequence like pretty much all of Damon's story here about how he just seems over the whole conflict in Westeros
1: I'm sorry I kind of tuned out for this entire scene because we saw Bagar. <laughs> he's huge dude. I was like he looks just like unimpressive Ugh. are you kidding me guys he's dude massive. is the oldest dragon he came over here with Balerion. Yeah, go find a cliff Sit there for a while and contemplate your life. <laughs> this dragon has seen some shit. Yeah, a okay? lot of shit. <laughs> He's old. Like, let the man grow old. <laughs> he was beautiful. It was splendorous. The way they introduced him with the giant shadow was great. Um, and it pales in comparison to everything else. Um, but what you said about Damon's storyline, it's just he just doesn't want to do he he had his stepstone phase he just wants to i i think it's getting to the point where he, he just wants to live his life according to him and not be involved in anything else now things are going to happen and in this episode which i think changed that drastically but he's just he just wants to be just moving forward
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean again, it's a, it's this interesting thing with Matt Smith, man. He is able to make us believe all of these different phases of Damon's life and it's so believable because like, yeah, if you went through the freaking Stepstones War and all of this like shit with 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 uh, Viserys and and Rhaenyra and like all this family drama and like the stuff at the wedding is just like guys I'm just over it man like these guys want to pay me just to like sit here and just say like hey don't mess with us yeah I'll do that like everything he's got two gorgeous uh, twin daughters Um, but you know Lena is basically telling us just like this isn't who you are like you know you're the vaunted Damon Targaryen like you know you're not going to sit here and get fat and rich and everything like that like that's not who we are and of course she wants adventure too she says you know like when I die I want a dragon rider's death stay tuned everyone Um, so we Uh, go back to uh, Westeros there and of course we get the uh, fight scene that we talk about with the children they're training with Sir Kristen and of course not showing favoritism at all are we Sir Kristen my God this man went from like the only honorable dude in the realm to the biggest dweeb and asshole in the the realm in the span of 10 years that sucks um, because he's clearly favoring uh, Allison's children uh, in this and when he's called out by Harwin he says oh great let's have Aegon and And uh, Jace here fight each other because that's going to go well. Um, Aegon does some dirty tactics. And, of course, Kristen tells him not to let uh, Jace up when he's got him on the ground, which leads Harwin to end the fight. Aegon flips the freak out because, of course, he does doing his best Joffrey vibes here. Um, But, of course, this is where Kristen baits Harwin into tacitly admitting that he is the father of Rhaenyra's children by saying, Oh, only a, f- only a father would have, you know, like that kind of thing. It's a buildup and all, but he, uh, satisfyingly punches the crap out of, uh, Tristan or Kristen for a while there. Um, but of course this lays into motion many, many decisions towards the end of this episode. what do you think of this scene before we get into the ramifications of everything else?
1: I, I think it definitely shows what, what court is like with, without sitting there telling, without telling you what court's like, it's the, the favoritism that is going to be shown by some while others are going to have to almost fight for what they are, which Mm -hmm. of course are the, are Rhaenyra's boys, but it's, it's so petty on Kristen Cole, you know, but to that end, remember he is loyal to Allison. So he wants to see Aegon be the dominant. So he's going to make sure his focus is there. So it's just reiterating that uh, effect that he is in Allison's court.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So and again, just you're right, like insanely petty. But this leads uh, Lionel to confront Harwin about all of this, you know, and he's like, dude, look, this is the worst kept secret in Westeros. Harwin's like, you know, like you've got to be more careful about this. And it's even going to lead Lionel so far as to try to resign his position as Hand of the King. And again, like when you think about this, it's an insanely honorable thing he's trying to do because he's literally trying to say, like, look, I have a conflict of interest now. It's starting to get to a place where I won't be able to give you advice without being biased. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's ultimately trying to say to Viserys, but, you know, he can't say, say that to Viserys. And I do especially, again, love how Allison just goes peach, like like peak bitch mode here and just like, yeah, Lord Lionel, why don't you name it specifically? You know, tell me and spell it out for me. Just like, yeah, okay, we get it, dude. You suck, all right? Um, but of course, because he can't specifically spell, this out Viserys says no he asked for leave to take Harwin back to um, uh, Harrenhal and uh, you know kind of just keep him there for a while since he can no longer be the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch um, uh, Ranier of course here overhears all this conversation she has a pretty frank discussion with Laner um, where she basically he's wanting to go off to the Stepstones again apparently there's another war brewing um, so he really wants to go off and fight he's like I've done my duty and she's like no like we're 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 about to experience a pretty big storm here uh metaphorically um and he has the line of the episode i think which she repeats back to him that is like you know a true sailor when a storm is ga- sails away when the storm is gathering Um, And, of course, that is what Rhaenyra is going to do um, at the end of this episode. But um, lots of stuff going down, down, down. Um, We also get this council meeting, though, too. Uh, Ryan, what do you think of this council meeting where we finally see that Alicent and Rhaenyra both have a seat at the table and the power play that comes from Rhaenyra proposing a marriage of Jace and Helene to kind of fortify the lines there?
1: Well, I just want to go back to what you said earlier about the gathering storm because it's not just what's happening at the stepstone. I think it's what's happening all, all over Westeros yeah. in terms of the gathering storm that is coming with this Targaryen civil war, um, to that end, um, with what's going on. Oh God, what did you want me to talk about? Um, <laughs> um,
0: no, it was just like the whole thing with you know like uh, Lionel um, doing the you know trying to resign his position, his conversation with Harwin and her conversation yes. with Laner and all that, yeah.
1: And you and know, the small and, and council Ly- meeting, yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So so you know, Lionel wants to resign, but the king's not going to let him do that because again, king has blinders. He knows what's going on, folks. Yep. I, I I don't I don't know if I can stress that enough. He's just not choosing to see it. And he's not going to let Lionel acknowledge it yeah. because he knows that he wants Lionel to stay on because he doesn't want another Hightower. He's already lost one, which if he loses another, makes him incompetent. And Viserys does not want that. He is a man who wants to placate people and keep the peace and keep his rule the way it should be. So that being said, we go into the small council meeting. Where there's a lot of back and forth between what's going on, lots like, of underhanded stuff uh, happening here. A lot, you know. Uh, she, uh Allison specifically calls her princess. Yep, and of course she calls her the queen. um But to that end, when they stand up and they and she proposes this, Allison says, "Okay, that's something that we need to discuss." And it's just very. There's a lot of coming back, but the series is all for that, but. Allison almost puts her in a, in, in Rhaenyra in her place because she goes, Oh, you're still a woman because she is lactating after giving her. Right. Which so she's pot, is pot meat kettle. Her, yeah. <laughs> right. She is knocking her down even more. You know, she's like, you're still a woman and you still experience these problems. So you, you know, this is, you're this clearly not, not thinking
0: straight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So
1: it's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of undercutting going on and, it, and it's very, it is the most slight, tension-filled meeting I've ever seen. Like, there's very subtle, but so much that anything could break on on the edge of a knife.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there is just a lot of... I also felt like in that scene, it was just like, she's so pissed because she did get politically outmaneuvered there. Like, there's no yeah. reason to say no to that proposal. Like, you yeah. know, there's literally zero reason to say no to that. Um, but of course, we do learn also, though, at the end of this episode, uh, jet-setting our way to the end here, that Allison has made best friends with Laris Strong, um, and that... This Gatsby bitch, uh, you know, you know, way.
1: we, we, we said, sorry to cut you off. No, go. we said that Otto was Littlefinger. No, guy, met, little finger. No, this guy is little. You have not met the club foot. Cause that's his, I mean, he is uh Larry strong, but they call him the club foot because of his foot that has an issue and why he uses the cane. This dude is middle is Littlefinger for sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. but No, this you're dude...
0: right because th- this is nuts because we learn just how far he's willing to go. I mean, like they have a conversation he and Allison where she says, like, I miss my father. And again, a very, very revealing line where Laris even calls her out saying, like, you can't say your father would have been fair when it comes to this. And she said, no, but he would have been fair to me. And yep. I was like, uh, "Aha! There it is. Then <laughs> there's yep. the whole thing." And of course, when us when we hear this, when she says she misses her father, we think like, "Oh, you should like send a raven and ask how he's doing." And Laris is like, "I'm gonna kill people." Um, so he literally creates his own little League of Assassins here from some prisoners awaiting death, and he sends them to Hall to literally kill and burn alive his brother and father. Um, and of course, Alicent is horrified by this at the end of the episode, and <laughs> I'm just like you know what? This is kind of what you wanted. You want to play this game. This is the game you're playing. Um, And of course, Laris is now completely stronger. And again, just a power move of the way he says, like, I'm confident you'll reward me in the end here. He is not playing around here. He is playing a very dangerous game, but playing it very well, but patricide and fratricide here. My
1: God. He has, he has picked his side, Um, you know, and he's, yeah so he's picked his side and he is now waiting for what he deems the appropriate award which we'll see
0: yep we will indeed see but of course he does have this amazing uh monologue that he's saying as we keep seeing all this stuff in the aftermath of this fire at Heron Hall though where he talks about you know like how you know you see children as a way for you to try to cheat death and basically what he's saying is just like you know, people make stupid decisions when it comes to, you know, children and love and family and all of that. You know, they make decisions they probably shouldn't make uh, because they are blinded by their love for these people. But it's a lot easier to kind of go through life without attachments like that because you can only think of you and yourself. It is a very Peter Baelish way of thinking, um, but it is also just ruthless in a way that I don't know that we've seen quite like that before he did it pretty casually. I mean, I don't know. What about you? Yep. What do you think there?
1: He, he oozes, oozes that whole smugness. Yes. And I'm going I'm to do what I'm going to do because it levitates me and not those around me. I have a disability. I've had to work harder and I'm going to do what I need to do to elevate myself and no one's going to do it. But me. Yeah. So he's making big moves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, our last big part of the episode here um, to talk about is of course the, the, Death of our girl, Lady Lena. Oh, we man. start with
1: one birth thing scene and then we end with another end with one. And with a different one. Go. So,
0: again, just don't get pregnant in Westeros, ladies. Just don't do it. <laughs> it hardly ever ends well. Um, but, of course, Le- uh, Lena is going through uh, the birth of for her third child, um, but it is not going well. We have seen this scene before uh, with poor Emma Aaron. And, of course, uh, you know, we're having the same conversation. Um, the uh, maester is a lot more sympathetic it seems because he's kind of just flabbergasted and he's very sad about what he's saying unlike the maesters of the red keep when it came to emma and said you know i've reached the end of my skill here you know i can lay open the womb but i don't know if the kid's gonna survive and she definitely won't lena overhears this and says screw this uh, i'm going to go do this myself goes over to vegar and basically And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I was like very touched by this, like how much Vagar did not want to do this. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, like it was was a really sad moment here. Like you could tell he's just kind of like, no, like I found my rider again and I like you and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately he does relent. She gets her dragon rider's death. Damon is once again kind of left wafting in the wind here because Lena really was the one who kind of grounded him and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of made him. Um, more palatable, I guess, or at least just a better person. But now she's gone. Um, and, of course, this coincides with uh, Rhaenyra is basically telling Laner and everyone else, okay, we're out of here. Like, you know, I'm done with this. Like, she's going to poison my father's mind no matter what. You know, like, let's just go to Dragonstone and recoup there. And it looks like we're getting an Avengers Assemble moment next episode from the preview. Um, but uh, what do you think, Ryan, of the way this episode ends here? And what do you think we are portending for episode seven?
1: Um, so, you know, I, I... I wish they would have kept the scene because there's we have pictures of this, but of Damon actually with his daughters.
0: Yeah, Um, why did they cut this? I
1: don't, I don't know, but it would definitely add more more depth to this already, uh, you know, Grand Canyon sized depth of a man. Yeah, Um, but I, I think you know we we started with a successful birth, we ended with a birth that led to dying and you know people are at the point where i right, we need to re- recuperate there's there's nothing for us here at kings landing except for daggers and people trying to turn against us mm. and this next episode i honestly think we are going to see uh lines drawn into the sand where we are going to start seeing people wearing green and black more
0: yeah Yeah I agree with you and it definitely I've been looking ever since the first trailer I've been looking forward to this scene where it appears Allison literally tries to murder Rhaenyra in front of a lot of people and it looks like we're getting that in the next episode um, because of course my favorite line from that trailer and what I think is going to be my favorite line from the series at last they see you for who you truly are. Oh, man, I cannot wait. Uh, More to come. <laughs> like I said, it looks like we're getting like this Avengers moment, man. All the teams are going to be getting together. The field is almost set. Um, and we are going to get some Dancing Dragons, baby. Uh, so this yep. is a very good episode, though. I, I really like it as the first time we see the new actors um, again. 100%. Yeah, I think they just really did a good job with that. I know there's some who are complaining about it, like, oh, I was getting used to the other actors. Like, look, it's 10 years, guys. You look different from the time you're 14 to when you're 28, okay? Like, you you yep. just do. So we just needed new actors, but I think they took over really well. Olivia cook and Emma Darcy. Um, yeah, I'm just really digging it and I can't wait to see where it goes. Any final thoughts, Ryan?
1: I think these ladies are going to be two to watch and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Emmys. You know, are all four of these ladies going for best actress or, you know, are the, two, <laughs> the two, the two that are older are going to get best, best actress and two that are younger are best supporting actress. I don't know, but these ladies, you know, it, it worked for me. It worked hundred percent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, folks, that is going to do it for Episode 6, House of the Dragon, the Princess and the Queen. And, uh, well, if you want to know more, we want to know more from you. So tell us what you thought of this episode. Find us everywhere. You find the Front Row Network on social media, including on Twitter, at Front Row Reviews with a Z. Uh, If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, at J-G-O-E-C-K, J-G-E-C-K. Ryan, where can everybody find you and Front Row Flashbacks? What's coming up for MonsterCast for you, man? Real quick
1: uh so you know i don't tweet tweet twat i don't know sure <laughs> uh, but uh you can catch us at front row flashbacks on facebook and then of course we have an instagram and uh twitter that uh Jay runs but we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up because we have monster cast we are doing uh hellraiser creep show and poltergeist plus yeah. we've also recorded lost boys and another one that will drop during monster cast as well and we're actually working on a fun interview that hopefully we can nail down and share with everybody during our favorite month of the year. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Sarah and I will of course be doing our horror film runs. Uh, We are going to be doing, wait for it everyone, (laughs) we're going to be doing uh, The Babadook uh, as one of our uh, highlights. We're going to be doing The Conjuring Film Universe so we're going to do all the Conjuring films that we can. Uh, We are going to dust off Urban Legend uh, as one of our highlights because of course we love it and we are going to close out with 1999's remake House on Haunted Hill uh, which we watched again the other day. It kind of holds up man it kind it of does up. it's a good one it's i a... like those
1: dark castle movies so. yeah
0: dark castle did some good stuff back in the day but of course uh lots of stuff there pay attention to the feed and uh we will tell you all of that so uh thanks again for listening everyone we will see you next week for episode seven dag is coming out uh, and it is gonna be fun but for the row knows nothing i'm jeremy and i'm ryan and as always we'll see you in the front row Drakaris. dracarus